all gene-based vaccines, independent of manufacturers, produce the same result in the vaccinees. He has looked at 15. In the last four days, the number has been increased to 17 individuals who died after vaccination. These were people who died at home, at work, in the car, doing their sports, etc., etc., etc. There's no question now anymore about what is going on. And the answer is, in the organs of these people, in 90%, he found clear evidence for autoimmune self-attack by killer lymphocytes on the tissues. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, January 11th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. An important show today, more so than usual, I would argue, because of how I see this piecing together and how I think this is connecting to something larger then many of us are, or at least I think we're all considering a lot of different possibilities, but then any of us are, are really in a, in a general way making the arguments to let's just say the average person you're talking to, right? Your neighbor comes up and wants to know more about what's going on. This isn't usually the kind of direction you take it. You're barely touching on the concept that maybe they're dangerous for you. This is where potentially, oh, let's put it this way. 90% of this show is going to be making very clear scientific state case, a case based on scientific peer-reviewed research that the mRNA is dangerous, that it stays in your body, so too with the spike protein, so too with the lipid nanoparticles, and how wh- how and what that's doing, how that's doing that and why it's doing that to your body, or rather I, why it's being done to you in that way. That's That's more clear. And I think it's because of a plan of technological, a direction that was chosen before they had the technological advancements they have today. Whitney and I have had different talks about this. She's done excellent work on this regard so far ahead of the time of where we are to even now and how I think this connects to the larger discussion I've had a few times already around Lieber, around where the Neuralink direction is going and how alarming all this is. I had a lot that I put off today just to make this one point, a whole thing on Twitter and all sorts of stuff. Now, before I get past it and forget about it, the, the clip I played there in the beginning, Bhakti, yet again, the one in 2020, he was ha- proudly, or it's not a wrong word, but just, you know, with with gumption, with with conviction, saying, you take these things, you will take them to your doom at a time when people like the, you know, the crowd on Twitter now trying to argue like you're wrong, even though you're right kind of thing. Despite this being a very, very educated, very highly respected expert in exactly these fields. And somehow he managed to see it. Not guessing, because he's not the kind of person to guess. What he's discussing is the organs and how you can find all of this in the organs. And that's where you should look to find what's really going on. And that's the perfect point to get into where all of this is being found, even according to their studies in your organs. Before we get to that, though, I just want to make a point about how we're being distracted right now. In, uh, in my opinion, obviously, in very clear ways. I had a, lo- a lot of stuff to get into today. A huge section on foreign policy that I'm not going to get to today. Just focused on this main topic. But the, the documents, for instance, Joe Biden 
and the absurd. I could give you 40,000 points right now. They're reasonably relevant to what's going on about the documents being found. And guess what? Breaking news. Apparently, they just found more documents in a different location, also from the Obama administration. Right. Who wants to bet that's not going to add up to anything, even though it probably should for any of them, for that matter, whether it's Trump or Clinton or anybody? You know, the, the, the obvious points about how it's hypocritical the way they cover this stuff. The point is that it's so seemingly meaningless in the face of what's really going on right now, whether we're just talking injections themselves or the main direction of the mRNA platform, universal medicine direction. This all seems to be going like universal vaccinations, having multiple strains of different viruses or whatever they say is going on being given to you under the guise that all you need is this one shot every year or whatever else they include because of next emergencies. There's so much happening, the great reset direction, even in foreign policy. And the point of something like this being shoved at you at a time when, when, first of all, it was discovered before the midterms and only just now they're telling us everything about this seems false to me. Not false in the sense that they're being, that that's not something that happened, but that it's never meant to amount to accountability for any of them in the government, the uniparty that it is. So just think about all of that and how many different things are being dangled in front of us to stop us from paying attention to what is clearly the biggest, most, as the thing we've said many times, most excruciating slow motion train wreck in history. And they're failing to cover this up right now. So let's go through what I think is a very important part. This, this, is, this whole show is one segment about the mRNA, the injections themselves, and what it leads to and in the direction that I think it really it ties back to the original research that connects to the current injection that then ties to forward goes forward to what is the direction seemingly being taken by just kind of everything. The great reset, Elon Musk, Neuralink, all this stuff. It's, it's alarming in my opinion. So let's go through. So you guys can come to your own conclusions about it. First, I want to make sure we see that this is not stopping, which is an important point for where this is going. The declaration of emergency we've talked about a lot. And the point about how they continually not every single time, but continually, repeatedly break the time frame where they're required by law to reinitiate this emergency within three months. And numerous times over this process, they have failed to do so, which means, and I don't know why anybody, I mean, it's, I guess it's the same point of why no, not a lot of people, let's say, because I know a lot of you do and other people out there, but nobody in the corporate stream, mainstream conversation points out that, they're claiming it's safe for pregnant people while their own documents literally say they don't know or that it's okay to get flu shots and COVID shots together, even though their own documents say that they literally don't know if that's safe. Why? Because they never tested for it. That's not okay, but they do it anyway. And the same point here, I'm baffled at how obvious this is when they continue to lapse on their emergency declaration and nobody cares. Nobody says anything, not the left, not the right, or really not your government, which is all the same thing. The frustrating part about this is they have emergency authorizations for shots, emergency declarations for COVID, all of which, well, that's this, but all of which underneath that emergency is no longer valid if it's only being justified during an emergency for specifically the emergency use authorization. There's many ways that's already invalid. The fact that they've got, and I've gone over this countless times, just look up the EUA page on either FDA or the CDC, and they'll clearly tell you that there's very clear things that make those no longer valid. For instance, having viable alternatives, approved viable alternatives. Now, viable, maybe even a word that they're playing because they know they're not viable. Maybe they're not telling us that. Anyway, I'm getting too meta on it. The point is they tell us they've got approved community and spike backs. So just that alone should make these no longer valid. 
the fact that they're emergency authorizing things still, or the fact that there's ivermectin or even their Paxlova, they claim those are all included, or the fact that we don't actually have an emergency in a general sense when you use the old statistics of what the government did or framed a pandemic in the five level scale, different coloring, which were pretty much in a one and two ever at the height of any of this, which suddenly just changed when COVID started. So many examples like that. The point here is to show you that yet again, as of today, Biden has now reinitiated the same COVID-19 emergency that clearly has never really existed, as well as the fact that we still have a monkeypox emergency that was renewed on November 2nd. Because that makes sense, right? Because we all were screaming and overrun with monkeypox emergencies, right? When was the last time you even heard that on the news? Long before November 2nd, but they just renewed it anyway, because, you know, as we keep pointing out, the continued consequences of the outbreak. Because clearly that was a lot, wasn't it? You know, the few people that they told us was going to make become a lot more. You point out the continued consequences of any monkeypox, anything, and I'll give you a million dollars. The point is that they are saying that so they can continue the emergency. Who knows why? The point is that this is the same thing with the opioid crisis or different hurricane thing. I mean, this is just the, the we live in emergency governance now. Eventually, that'll just become the new normal. Look at that. That's what they're doing right now. Now, the point is that we don't have continued consequences here. What we're watching is the out the fallout of a very dangerous experimental injection process. And which, by the way, is also causing things that you might as well just call COVID if you want to pretend it's anything they want to call it. But the point is, October 13th is the last time this happened. The renewal. And all of them continue to say continued consequences of, even though the first one was simply because of the, the you know, fallout of the actual problem. But now they all point out, they, they keep pointing to long COVID. Something that, by the way, has never even been clinically proven to be exactly what they say it is. There's plenty of scientific studies that debate that or even argue that it's still being figured out. And yet they just say that because they can, right? Because they don't care about any rules or laws or whatever else they pretend you have to follow. They being the government in this case, but you could make many arguments for who that would be. Now, the point being is October 13th, 90 days, which is three months, which is the time frame they have to legally renew it by, brings you to January 11th. So just in time they did it, they did it today to show you that they do seemingly know that that's the case. Here's the last one. After October 13th, it would have been July 15th, which is exactly when they did it. July 15th, see, and they did it on October 13th. So clearly they know the time frame. But just to make this point so we'd see that I'm not just, for those new, this one all the way down here, April 12th, they renewed this, right? Well, what is 90 days from April 12th, July 11th? Look at that, July 15th. Wait a minute now, how does that make sense? Well, that means that for four days, there was an illegal emergency use authorization. There was an illegal administration of emergency injections. There was an illegal use of everything they're justifying under that emergency because they lapsed for four days. Who there's doesn't even matter what their justification is. I can't even believe that's not that there's so many much, for instance, the Biden documents versus the pandemic of absolute catastrophe because of the injections, you know, the, that, these things overshadow each other. And the point is that in this case, this is a big deal if it was the only thing happening, but here we go. January 11th going forward. The point guys, this is not going to end unless we end it. This is forever. This is the new normal because this will always be the point. So I want us to really understand that. And here we have the United States quietly extending COVID vaccination mandates. One, one of the very few still doing this, requiring people that come in and out. Now, I just saw another one, by the way. I believe, I don't want to misquote it. I forgot to include this. It just popped into my head. I think it was Vietnam or a different location in, in, in the Southeast Asia area, I think. 
either way, one of these countries just sim- just essentially did the same thing, but they mandated that you have to have all these shots to cut to leave or to go in, but also to leave. So you have average people that can't even leave their own country unless they take the injection their government tells them they have to have. Think about how alarming that is. That's the whole wall analogy. Yeah, it keeps people out, but also keeps people in. U.S. is one of the few countries in the world that still requires non-citizens to be vaccinated against. Why does it even make sense? Seeing as how we know it doesn't stop transmission. It's the only argument that even makes even remotely valid. And here's just the document showing you the same thing. The U.S. extends this air travel mandate. Or actually, specifically, this is the one about vaccination coming in. This one is about the air travel mandate. So are we we clear this is forever? This is never going to stop, seeing as how we all seem to be aware that at best what they're pointing at is something that they claim is one one thousandth of the risk for children that it was before, even though we can prove, according to Ioannidis information, that this at best was point zero 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 three for them. Infection fatality rate, right? The reality is this was never the danger they said it was. Okay, so that being clear that they don't care about that and that they're going to continue to push this forward as long as we allow them to. Let's get into some fact check here. It's one of these pages that refreshes itself every 10 seconds, it seems, because they must be changing things all the time. Great fact checkers. But you might be shocked to see this. You might, because you, we seem to be on the, the cutting edge of the, the newest information because it seems like I have no life. That's all I do. But you might be shocked to see that they're actually still saying this. No, no, mRNA doesn't stay in a person's body for extended period of time. Well, I guess you could argue that they're going to play with what extended time means after vaccination. But here's what's interesting, just to make this clear, first of all, because this is a very important point here, guys, because we're going to show you not only that it does, based on peer-reviewed science, and what they say right in this article challenges what that science says, we'll show you next, or, or on top of that, that the lipid nanoparticles concentrate the spike protein concentrates and all of these are things are playing a real factor. Now, whether that was intended or not is a genuine question because we, you could argue that there's more than that. The experiment part of this didn't necessarily have to include hurting and killing people. I know there's arguments for depopulation and I trust me, I get it. I've seen a lot of valid, you know, the people in these fields have made very clear arguments for why that's necessary. Not saying outright, we kill people, but very clearly making that argument that we need to lessen the population. But I still think you don't necessarily need that, even though there's logical arguments to be made, to make sense of this. Because there's an obvious overlap with the technological direction. Whether it's talking about trying to reach the artificial intelligence singularity kind of art mapping of the human brain concept. Or whether it's just to say, hey, let's see what happens. I mean, look, it wouldn't be that far-fetched to, to think that they would just go, let's just see what happens when we give them this, this new thing. That's been done on us before by our government numerous times. In fact, 239 times they've admitted to. Easy thing to look up. Long time since they've admitted stuff like that. But in the past, 239 times they've admitted to testing on you as an average person without being told whether biological, chemical, or there was another thing in there. So when we see all of this stuff, we need to ask what the real long-term purpose is. And we can include depopulation. We can include just seeing what happens. We can include any number of other factors that you might want to you know, talk about, but it doesn't mean it's only one or the other. I do think there's more going on than just individual. There's multifaceted parts of this. I think that's the best way to put it. So the question, does mRNA, so keep that in mind as we go through, does mRNA stay in a person's body for an extended period of time after vaccination? Of course, you can look at the sources here. They've got CDC, Nebraska Medicine, Med- Medline Plus. Okay. False. 
No, mRNA doesn't stay in a person's body for an extended period of time. You know, it's just interesting, even just to make the point that there's no, this is nowhere in here does it define what extended period of time is. It's just funny how these people are acting so official and it's just so broad. It's basically just trust us. You're there wrong. We know because you're dumb. That's pretty much every fact check you're going to see today. But here's what it says. And just to cut to the chase, it says in general that every organism, uh, where was it? I had it highlighted, of course, but it refreshes literally like every, every time I look back at it. It's right here, I believe. It says that is persistent. In no instance have we found mRNA that lasts for a long time. (laughs) Again, pretty broad for a scientist. There's no reason to think that the mRNA in these vaccines last much longer than mRNA generally. They love to assume and call it science, right? So there's no reason to think. There's plenty of reasons to think, especially the reasons that we don't know exist, right? That's called science because we're finding new things. This is an experimental medicine, as even they called, excuse me, investigational. Same meaning, interchangeable, as they've said themselves. The point is, and they have used experimental as well, the point is that you don't just get to go, well, mRNA in a general sense, which, by the way, this is mod RNA, not the same thing. Very important point. I think we're now figuring out why they pretended mRNA and mod RNA were the same thing this whole time. If you don't know that point yet, go back and look at the original documentation, both the trials, the Pfizer docs in general, it's MOD RNA because it's modified, genetically modified or mRNA in in place of the mRNA that is, the, the point is that there is mRNA that naturally exists. They've created this. Not, it's not like they took mRNA from something else and inserted it. That's a big, important point. And that's always been conflated. And I think this is why, because here's, he's going, well, mRNA doesn't last very long. We know that. Well, isn't it fair to point out that it's not the same thing exactly? Yes, it is. In no instance have we found that it lasts longer. So he's pointing back at old stuff. Meanwhile, when he said this, you've got scientific studies that literally challenge that. So ask yourself how often these people say what they think they're supposed to say or point to the study that their friends point at when currently there's a lot of documentation, scientific studies and otherwise that challenge that. I'm going to do a whole mask segment at some point. I was blown away by some segment on GB News where this high-level expert is confronted with the idea that the size of the virus can go right through the mask. And that's literally proven. The micron size of this of this thing is... It's, I've done that many times. And she goes, oh, well, that's the first time I'm hearing that. Well, I almost fell out of my chair. You're the expert defending this, on defending mask use, and you don't even know this. I couldn't even believe she said that. The point is, experts that are trotted along corporate media these days especially, I think we're starting to realize not all of them are created equal, right? But here's what it says in general that they short-lived. I thought I had another timing up there. Right there. There it is. Is broken down within a few hours to a few days. Okay, that's what they keep saying. That's their timing generalization right there. And it says the same thing, generally a matter of hours at days at most. After the MRA does its job, it breaks down and is flushed out of your system within hours. So that one didn't even, that's hours for sure. Okay. That's what they're saying. And you'll find that pretty ubiquitous across the fact checks. Well, let's jump to the breaking the science, right? So just so we can see the time frame here, this is July, 2022. When was this fact check done? December. 2022. Okay, great. So they must have just missed this in their extensive due diligence, you know, as always. God, it's so ridiculous how bad these people are at this. Vaccine mRNA can be detected in blood at 15 days post-vaccination. Now, that might sound like it aligns with that since they're saying hours to days, but let's be very clear about this. This study, and we'll show you, stopped at this point. In blood at 
and it, it keeps saying in this up to 15 because it, it they don't it, it went further very clearly seeing as how it was dissipating but it was still seen at 15 days post vaccination the reality here is that that's a lot longer than hours or even when they say days you know they're not implying 15 days that's more than two weeks okay so just that alone challenges their entire standing doesn't it so you can't just be like, well, 15 is not bad either. No, no, no. Hold on. You got it wrong. If you're saying hours and the peer-reviewed science found 15 days and probably more, then everything should be thrown out of the window. These people don't know what they're talking about. Here's what it says. And I'm not saying that's because they're not experts. I'm saying that they're towing some kind of line they don't even know. I mean, it's clearly here. This is peer-reviewed. I'm not saying this is the only answer either. I'm saying there's plenty of science around this that argues one way or the other. The point is, this is the most current study on this exact topic. You won't find much about this out there. Here's what it says. We use PCR to track circulate, which again, factor that in, to track circulating mRNA in blood at different time points after the Pfizer injection in a small cohort of healthy individuals. We found that vaccine-associated synthetic, synthetic mRNA, that's mod RNA, persists in system, systemic circulation for at least, at least two weeks. Very important wording there, guys. The reason they say at least is because it stopped. So it probably went longer, but at least two weeks. So ask yourself, why didn't they keep doing it? Well, it may not be nefarious. Maybe that's all the funding they had. I don't know. But my God, that's a very self-serving kind of, oh, well, two weeks. Well, at least two weeks. Oh, and this just this comes up later. The WBC's white blood cells, if I remember that. Now, here's what it says. Vax, vaccine mRNA, mod RNA, remains in circulation for at least 15 days. mRNA was immediately detectable at just hours following vaccination. And, and this is, we're talking in multiple styles, they're in blood samples too. And this is the important part as well. Very, I don't even know why anybody honest is still arguing that it doesn't stay, that stays in your arm. I mean, it's it's these cha- these ridiculous arguments that have been even dis- de- discussed by corporate media in some senses Saying, yeah, well, you know, he does. in some cases, it ends with blood. Well, no, it's, it's pretty much most things we see now. As we showed you the major study from before, 11 out of 13 people had circulating spike protein in their blood within an hour. Same thing here. Within an hour, just hours following it, they, they found mRNA in the blood, as well as in the body and cells. This has remained detectable when sampled at 6 and 15 days. And then even this is why it's important, because then it says, but was below the limit of quantification for one sample at 27 days, meaning that it went all the way to 27 days. The point being that it was but it dropped below the level of, I guess, the, you know, the level they mark as what should be reportable. But either way, they, it was detectable at 15 and some went all the way to almost a month. Very clearly, this is not the simple a couple hours out of your body mantra that they keep spitting at you. It has to be noted that the likelihood of detecting vaccine mRNA in the cellular fraction decreased significantly at 24 hours from injection. So that's what they're pointing at. Pretending like it doesn't go in your blood. You see how they're still adhering to the old argument? But it says, which was in contrast to plasma, your blood, in which mRNA remained consistently detectable up to 15 days, consistently across the board. So as long as they pretend, well, it doesn't go in your blood, as we know, as even the Red Cross lies about. Remember? I have that still to bring up. There it is. I mean, I can't believe they even have the nerve to say something like this because they're towing a line, guys. We don't label blood, blood products as containing vaccinated or unvaccinated blood because COVID vaccine doesn't enter the bloodstream. 
For crying out loud, this was September 13th, 2022. You're telling me that blood, the American Red Cross doesn't know this, and we do? I don't buy it for a second. Somebody knows this at some level. So it's possible the person writing this has no idea. But the point is, guys, this is reality. That this is They're going to lie and say, what does go in your bloodstream? Even though many peer-reviewed studies have found that, and it's long since been proven. So all they have to do here, even though this study finds that too, is argue, well, it doesn't go in your blood. So we know within one, within, you know, one day it's gone. Not true. That should be apparent. Now it says, although similar formulations were tracked in various tissues of rodents, up to five days post-injection by Moderna and 14 by Pfizer. So consistently Pfizer continues to be shown as the most dangerous thing in this conversation. I've been, how long, I mean, do I really need to say it? I mean, how long ago did we go Pfizer was going to be the one, right? <laughs> right in the damn beginning. I think it's obvious why. And it wasn't, it wasn't that, that prescient. There's plenty of people that saw the same things we did. The point though, 14 days. Pfizer is the one that seems to be the biggest problem, but it says no human biodistribution data are currently available for any of these products. And I'll, I'll make that point more clear in a moment. That applies to the lipid nanoparticles most importantly, and the reality is they have no idea, and they're telling you all of this based on what their assumptions are. Whether scientifically backed or not, they didn't do the studies to know for sure, and they're shouting you down as new studies find the thing they say is impossible. 14 days. But importantly, rodents, guys. We're talking about rats. What What would it be? Like a hundredth this well, I mean, that's too, too much. I don't know. Many, 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 many times smaller than a human being. This has got to be that, that hard. What would it be? Like <laughs> 50 times smaller? I don't know. Anyway, the point is a rat's a lot smaller than a human. And you're telling me that the same time frame, how much you want to bet it go? It's well, I mean, you could, I guess you could make the argument that it would be less since the body's bigger. And either way, in rats, they're finding 14 days in a Pfizer shot that is still circulating at least 14 days. Now it says we detected vaccine mRNA overwhelmingly in the plasma fraction. So in your blood suggesting it mostly circulates freely and not actively transported by white blood cells. So all these arguments that they're making are completely broken. When you actually look at the science, you know, not the trust, the science, but the real science, the scientific studies and the method that continues. When I say trust the science, we're talking about narrative that they're spinning and screaming trust the science. That's not what's being done. The reality is obviously different than what we're being told. You guys know this. Circulates freely, which is the biggest problem we're talking. That's why you find lipid, not only, well, that means the lipid nanoparticles, first of all, are why, most likely why they got there. And then you realize that the, the, every single one of these mRNA, they, they all have the ability to, to make spike protein. Then you make spike protein and that circulates. And this goes all over your body. This is catastrophic. This is what plenty of people have been saying. Dr. Bhakti, even I think Mikovits made this argument. I do believe that as of currently, we have lots of people making these arguments like Dr. Eden, Dr. Cole, Dr. Uh, McCullough. All of this is being proven with peer-reviewed science. But apparently we're all maniac conspiracy theorists because we are actually reading the peer-reviewed science. But this is the most important part, I think. It says, moreover, it was likely circulating in its lipid encapsulated form, which I just said a moment ago, but that, so in the lipid nanoparticle, which is encapsulating the mRNA, delivering that, and then teaching whatever it delivers it to to create spike proteins. Not whatever, but in the case of something that can. And it says, as naked mRNA, would have been rapidly degraded in the extracellular environment. 
So what this shows you, if they're finding mRNA all over, that means the lipid nanoparticles are actually spreading first. Otherwise, arguably, the mRNA would break down quite quickly. But again, we're talking about mod RNA. So who knows? But it says, we therefore expect these particles to also retain their ability to induce spike protein expression. So important in susceptible cells over this time period. So all that breaks down to is that, yes, you're seeing mRNA, mod RNA, throughout your body, which means lipid nanoparticles are going throughout your body. But they're pointing out that they retain the ability to make spike protein even after it goes far away from where it's supposed to go. And that's what they're finding most importantly here is that for 15 days, you've got things circulating in your body that can produce spike protein. That's crazy and absolutely challenging everything they claim makes this safe and effective. TEM, a vaccine-treated K562 and HL60 cells of the primary mononuclear uh, phagocytes, uh, <laughs> revealed frequent large endolysosomes containing numerous electron-dense multilayered structures, which were suggestive of accumulated lipid nanoparticles. And yes, that's what's happening, and we'll prove that again with Pfizer's own study during the clinical trials, by the way, showing you the lipid nanoparticles concentration was dangerously high in a lot of organs around your body. Still lie about that, though. They still lie constantly about that. This apparent discrepancy may be explained by data from a recent study showing that the enhanced retention of lipid nanoparticle mRNA particles in early endosomes can lead to acidification defects and arrest in endosomal maturation, which impedes mRNA escape. So it almost seems like this thing was made to do what this is doing, but you know, that's a conspiracy theory. But it says, in conclusion, we showed that Pfizer's injection and the mRNA in it remains in the system, 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 systematic, systemic, excuse me, I don't know why I always do it. I'm like systematic, systemic, systemic circulation of vaccinated individuals for at least two weeks, during which it likely retains its ability to induce spike protein expression in susceptible cells and tissues. So all over your body, guys, susceptible cells and tissue is pretty much any cells and tissue this thing can reach. That is crazy alarming. Everything about this challenge is what they're saying. This was done on July, but apparently these fact checks that already refreshed, these fact checks just don't know that that's there. Really doesn't make you feel too good about their fact checking abilities, does it? What's their what's their fact check? Hey CDC, is that true? I knew it. Fake news. Okay. Well, let's go to another study that discusses how you are very clearly continuing to find this in the some of the only postmortem uh, the autopsies done after people die from vaccination. You, you'd, you'd wonder why they wouldn't do this a lot. Well, you don't wonder when you know that they're actively trying to avoid any accountability with what's going on. A previously symptomless 86-year-old man received the first dose of Pfizer. He died not four weeks later from his acute renal and, and respiratory failure. Now, it's important to point note that apparently he tested positive for COVID, which we know that means basically nothing with a, a flip of the coin test. Now, I'm not saying we should ignore that. But the point is that we know this test produces high false positives and they argue false negatives. I mean, it's certainly, I, I don't know why it wouldn't. The thing, the thing can offer both sides of it. But we know that have a very high false positive rate with the cycle threshold they're using. It's undeniable. So that's why you can go, well, this part is more important. They did not observe any characteristic morpho morphological features of COVID-19. And the study itself gets much more detailed. The point is there's no evidence of any infection in regard to SARS-CoV-2. But what they did find I think is incredibly damning. 
They demonstrated viral RNA in nearly all organs examined, except for the liver and the olfactory bulb in your, in your, in your nose cavity. I believe that's what the bulb is, right? The olfactory being your, your sense of smell. But it's saying they found viral RNA in every, almost every organ. I've referenced this many times. There's, this is, there's more studies than just, this is the same one. Just to make it clear, this is from Science Direct. It is peer-reviewed from June 2021. By postmortem molecular mapping, we found viral RNA in nearly all organs examined. This is, this is coming specifically in a patient after dying after being vaccinated. This is important. Now, the other part of this is what Dr. P- Dr. Peter McCullough recently said, which is very clearly also being proven by the science. mRNA transfers from vaxxed to unvaxxed. So now we're stepping into a whole other realm here. That, that we can see this stuff is clearly throughout your body. That shouldn't even be debated anymore. And it's not working the way they said it would, that it, that it was supposed to. And we should genuinely ask whether that is actually the way it was supposed to work and we're being lied to, or whether that they didn't know that and told us what they thought was the truth. Either way, it's hurting people. So when we know that this is ending up in all of your organs and people are being hurt by that and the spike proteins making all, it's obvious the problem. So if it can shed to other people, wouldn't that matter? I think it's important to understand how this is all meant to work. So if we're talking about the test, the experiment, the nanotechnology, as well as the transferring of mRNA and spike protein, which then causes its own problems, what else is being transferred? What else is happening? And does that have an effect? Or is this just a byproduct of something they're using to test something else? All valid questions, because what I'm aiming at today more so is the technological side of this and how the nanotech overlap and what that seems to be potentially being used to accomplish is very alarming to me. But then what about everything else? Is that just a byproduct? Is they just they don't care about your health? Valid questions. Or is there more than one agenda playing out? So here is Dr. Peter McCullough. I'll play this clip for you again, telling you in, in his work, he's seen that the mRNA is transferring based on a study, which we'll talk about in a second. You know, there was a recent paper, I just have it on my Substack. If, if, if you want to review it, if you go to the Courageous Discourse Substack, and the first author is Helene Banoon, a former INSERM scientist. INSERM is a leading research unit in France. And Banoon has summarized this. This is disturbing. It looks like the messenger RNA is transferring from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated now. And uh, in a paper by Fertig and colleagues, the messenger RNA is found circulating in blood for at least two weeks, and the curves were not going down. That's as long as they look. Roken and colleagues has found messenger RNA and the vaccinated in lymph nodes for months. It looks like the body's not clearing it out. And, uh, and then a recent paper, this is the most disturbing, from Hannah and colleagues, JAMA, showed that the messenger RNA is in the breast milk of yes. women ill-advised who took the vaccine uh, during pregnancy or afterwards. So it's now clear, I think the messenger RNA, that's the greatest concern is, was could you actually take a vaccine inadvertently by close contact, kissing, sexual contact, breastfeeding? And it looks like the answer is yes. Now the question on the table is how long do you wait uh, for contact? No one knows. This, the, the vaccines, the messenger RNA vaccines for short, They've never been demonstrated to actually leave the body. They look like they're permanent, uh, as well as the spike protein that's produced after them. This is very disturbing. So it's hard to guide. I was saying, you know, 30 days refrain from kissing and sexual contact with a vaccinated person. But I'm now extending that to at least 90 days. And 
and conservatively maybe extended from a point forward. I know there's married couples and all kinds of, of, of personal implications there, but, but no, this messenger RNA looks like it's for keep every shot is accumulating in the body with no ability for the body to get rid to of it. Remove it. The yeah. vaccines, because they stay in the body so long, it looks like they do permanently install into the human genome mm-hmm. through what's called reverse transcription. Yep, and we've seen that in the, the, the study discussing the liver cell line and, and the reverse transcription. And that's one of the reasons I got censored many, one of the many different times in the past for literally pointing at him discussing that study. I think that was on Twitter. It's 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 undeniable that this is something being discussed. We'll show you the science next. Now, before we and remember, we're not even talking about the spike protein yet. I mean, we have, but I mean, in the context of what we're discussing and possibly shedding, because we'll get to the spike protein. That's also something that's being shown, as we've discussed many times, Dr. Luigi Warren and the discussion therein about how this is very clearly shedding and can. Now, remember, his original argument was, well, but not enough to hurt somebody. But what has happened since? The reality that it is producing more than one, that it's producing multiple times, that it's circulating your bloodstream, well, that changes the argument. It's not just producing one time and going away, it's producing a lot of it. So then, therefore, it's producing enough to shed and be potentially dangerous. It's all very clear. But we'll come back to the spike protein, because what we're going to talk about is the mRNA shedding right now. But before we do that, since we're talking fact-checking, just in case you want to see me, hi, I'm right here, (laughs) accidentally hit that button. This guy, I just, I almost feel bad for this person because see, these people think that they're being snarky and and smart by making it, making it, they're making fun, right? Yet he, what he's doing is essentially trying to make a very, very, well, he's making a wildly subjective argument based out of pure emotion because he believes he's right. That this guy, Dr. McCall, is saying something that's fake. Why? Well, because clearly he sells supplements. So therefore he's a liar, right? And that's how these people are doctors, guys. Or at least this guy pretends to be one or is a nurse or whatever he is right there. Internal message, medicine physician. So he appears to be a doctor or a physician. So let's watch this. I mean, it's 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 just painful to watch how, the, first of all, as a, as a physician, why is this what you think you should be doing? Making like not 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 going. Here's why he's wrong. Here's the science. But by making fun and making it a dumb video that makes it look like he's so stupid that we should be belittling this person for standing up and doing something that is difficult. Now, you could argue that some of these high, far more prominent people are have to have and, and credit to them turned this into their benefit. But no way was that the case to begin with. And for the vast majority of people and most even including people in independent media, this has been a catastrophic thing for their business for their career people have lost entire practices but luckily for people like this because they're doing such good work and backing it up with science that people like us are supporting them and that doesn't mean to buy whatever they're selling but it just means that he has support and he's built other networks and other businesses that are helping people now that's my opinion the point is that what he's pointing at here is not some i'll let it speak for itself the idea of selling something to somebody who you know is being hurt by something you've proven, you could argue that that's in some way profiting off of the problem. But isn't that when you're not being paid as a doctor, or at least in the case of the, the mainstream discussion, or let's just take it from my perspective, because the same concept, people attack you for asking for donations and so on. But what about the corporate media that make millions and millions of dollars every episode and we're not supposed to worry? The point is that how else are we supposed to continue to do this? The point is, it's, it's not wrong to benefit, to profit from your work. These people, apparently, as this guy literally is profiting from this same thing on his videos that are monetized. I mean, think about how stupidly hypocritical that is. No, okay, let's watch it. 
The real reason, he says, McCullough is lying about vaccine shedding is to sell his followers supplements. So he knows that, does he? Like, let's just look. So selling supplements, which is clear. How in the world do you pretend that proves that concept? Well, because he's a bad perk. Don't we know that? This is the same as that stupid clip on on, uh, The View where where Joy Reid goes, well, we know Trump's a dumb liar, don't we? So therefore, we think we know he lied. Well, Biden, we know he's not one. So we give him the benefit of the doubt. You probably all saw that. It's just painful to watch the stupidity that vomits out of their mouths. Certainly, that could be the case. But are you really standing there and screening your absolute ridiculous subjective opinion as absolute fact? Yes, they are. And they love it out there in the subjective two-party illusion world from both sides, really. But let's watch this so we can, you know, in a small way, make fun of him because it's really embarrassing. But to make a really important point about how scared and intimidated and and desperate they seem to be by pushing back on stuff like this. Because remember, we just showed you the science, guys. We just showed you the science on a lot of this. We'll show you the study next about mRNA specifically and the spike protein specifically, both of which are being shown to shed. This is what he says. Hello, Canadian physician here, and Peter McCullough has decided to up his grift by adding a supplement to his income. Oh, okay, so he was grifting before he even had the supplements. You want to explain that? Was the grift about saying the truth about these things? No, because he perceives that a lie. But how exactly is it a grift to be be attacked and destroyed career-wise by the people that don't want to hear what you have to say for telling the truth? Or just saying something you don't agree with. It only becomes a grift when you're using that and it's dishonest if that's what you're trying to say. So apparently he was already a grifter in this guy's mind. You see my point? You're labeled that because you say what you're not supposed to. Even if you want to pretend they're wrong, it's pretty dishonest and disingenuous to argue it was a grift before this was happening. It's just sad. You know, it's a $60 supplement to protect your heart muscle. Right. Sorry, I'm going to stop at a bunch on this, guys. Okay, so the point is... He's selling something that'll help your heart because we all know that everybody's hearts who are involved with this, even people not taking the shots at this point are having are are in danger. Now, you can argue that maybe you feel it's dishonest or maybe not the right thing to do to sell these things. Well, I don't even understand why that argument makes sense. Don't buy it then. If you take issue with the content, then attack the content. This is called a straw man. This is called pointing at something else. And by the way, what's funny is that's what he says under this video on his tweets, where somebody points to Pfizer being dishonest. They go, he's all that's called deflection. Well, what do you call this, bud? How about you actually discuss the mRNA study he pointed at? Nah, because that would be too difficult because then it would be revealing that it's really about sidestepping the audience or the information instead of actual. The point is that if you actually look at the study we'll look at next, you at the very least have to acknowledge that it is a study, it is scientific, and it is peer-reviewed. But nope, can't do that. All we got to do is point at his supplements and say, therefore, this means what I think it means. And prevent inflammation associated with myocarditis. However, the biggest flaw in his plan is most of his followers are unvaccinated. So how is he going to sell this anti-myocarditis supplement to them? It looks like the messenger RNA is transferring from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated. Oh, what a simple mind that these people have. Okay, so first of all, the absurd assumption that all of his followers are unvaccinated. I mean, that's the easiest thing in the world to prove. I argue some of his biggest following right now is from people that have been vaccine injured, but he doesn't care about that because to him, that doesn't exist. Apparently, this physician has no idea about people being hurt by what he's giving them. That's pretty silly. But on top of that, are you really going to pretend that only people who do have not taken this would be wanting to buy something that would help their heart. You see, all of this is priming, centering around the fact that it doesn't hurt people's hearts, except that's a problem because they've admitted that it can do that. 
I mean, how broken your mind must be, the mental gymnastics. You must be, you, I mean, think about how hard it must be to not put these things together. So the only way this argument makes sense is because he's going to argue mRNA sheds, therefore everybody now needs it. But explain for me why that doesn't apply to the myocarditis you've already admitted the vaccine can cause. I just seems, I mean, my God, it just seems stupid. Oh. Pretend vaccinated people are shedding on them, of course. Because the science shows you that, but that doesn't matter. So now you can add these supplement sales to the millions of dollars he's received from the pharmaceutical companies. Ah, okay. So now we're going to make an issue about previously being funded. Like, for crying out loud, like, think about how stupid it is for doctors who are being funded, who look at funded, pharma-funded research to make their arguments, which is what he's doing, and then make an argument about previous funding for pharmaceutical companies that, I mean, my God, it just, this is embarrassing, and it's worse than many things. This is worse than Peter Hotez type stuff, because this guy is not even into, I, you could argue that, I, I don't, never mind. <laughs> I don't even want to give Hotez even the smallest compliment. Let's keep going. The $2 million he's trying to get his followers to donate to him and the hundreds of thousands of dollars he gets from his Substack. Right. And you know that why? Because you're assuming. Because this is what they love to do. Assume and call it intelligence. So for the people asking what his motivation is, unfortunately, lying is profitable. Oh, great. So we know that, right? Because that was clearly proven because that was all factual. That was all based on verified evidence and peer reviewed. Re no, that was a subjective emotional tirade based on an emotionally stunted person. That's what this feels like to me based on nothing. Basically, he's got supplements. Therefore, everything I say makes sense. How pathetic, guys. This is the level of argument from the other. This is why they don't debate anybody. And I say they not being left or right, guys, just being anybody that's still towing this absolute dumpster fire of a narrative. It's just very, it really is sad. I feel bad for him. And just to make the point even clear, Champagne Josh, you dropped your nose, you effing clown. <laughs> That's a really good meme, I think. And Dr. Nick's Red Pill says, this clown is literally profiting from videos he thinks people want to hear, all while condemning an actual doctor for putting his career on the line to save people from an untested drug. That's literally causing people to drop dead of heart attacks. It, you, you really, it's hard to make sense of how stupid this is. But let's go back to the point. I just wanted to include that to show you the level of fact check we're, we're fighting against. Maybe, which is why I think most people still see this. Okay, so this guy just screamed, or rather just in a very childish, stupid way, made arguments about how this was not the case. I was going to say screaming, but he wasn't. Detection of messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccines in human breast milk. Okay, so how do you explain that? Just the first starting point here. Well, because it sheds, it, it transmits, right? This is the point. And we'll get to it being far more than just because just to be clear, McCullough did not make it define in what way it can pass, did he? And he and he refer he pointed you and directed you to this study, which we'll come back to in a minute it's for you to read because it's backed up by science. Unlike the ridiculous thing you just saw, the initial messenger RNA or mod RNA vaccine clinical trials excluded several vulnerable groups including young children and lactating individuals, which again is exactly why this says right here, the safety profile of the vaccine is not fully known in pregnant or breastfeeding women because they did not include them in the study. This is as of November, 2022. Right there, November, 2022. So they just didn't even test them. And yet they're willing to yell at you and tell you you're wrong for saying that that's safe and effective or that saying it's wrong that it's safe and effective. The CDC recommends offering the COVID vaccine to breastfeeding individuals. Again, literally, they offer. I keep making this point. It's very transparent. They don't know. 
yet they tell you you should. Although the possible passage of vaccine mRNAs, according to this peer-reviewed study on JAMA Network, in breast milk resulting in infants' exposure at younger than six months was not investigated. So how exactly can they know if they haven't even tried to investigate it? It's a good question. At the very least, for those that are skeptical, you have to argue that they don't know, which means it could. The evidence shows you that it is, just to be clear. Now, extracellular vesicles comes up again, EVs. Of 11 lactating individuals enrolled in this study, trace amounts of the Pfizer mRNA in the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine were detected in seven of them. So over 70% of those tested found mRNA in their breast milk. And yet we're still debating this? This is called a cover-up, guys. This is and, and, and just again, this is the kind of guy that people online are listening to. Because that makes sense, right? God, on, God only knows why. And, and re, please read the rest of the study. Oh, there was a point that I think I didn't get into about the EV. Well, it doesn't matter. I don't want to try to find it again. The point is that this is just one of the most early. This is early. This is September 26, 2022. Not early, but one of the ones we've discussed before. Again, showing you that they didn't even study it. They don't know. Here's the one Dr. Peter McCullough pointed at. This is a new study as of 2022. The massive COVID-19 vaccination campaign is the first time that mRNA vaccines have been used on a global scale. The mRNA vaccines correspond exactly to the definition of gene therapy of the American and European regulatory agency. So right there is where somebody like this guy in this video is going to go, ah, fake news, because that's what he's supposed to do. Because you're not supposed to pretend that it exactly meets the definition of gene therapy or acknowledge that reality. You're supposed to dismiss it without checking it because that's what smart people do. That's what he's been taught. The point is that, yes, it's very clear, as even people within the industry have admitted openly during this process, that they're shocked that people took a gene therapy product. I can't even believe we still debate these things. So the point is that they know that this is gene therapy, and there are already definitions and regulations for that that they're not using. The regulations require specifically excretion studies for this exact reason of these drugs and their products. Because of the translated proteins. This is what we're talking about on the spike protein side of this. These studies have not been done for mRNA vaccines. Yet here we are screaming at people that they don't know what they're talking about because it doesn't happen. How do they possibly know that? There are numerous reports of symptoms and pathologies identical to the adverse events of mRNA vaccines in unvaccinated persons in contact with freshly vaccinated persons. Now, a lot of this is anecdotal, but we have all heard these and know people that have had experiences like this or having menstrual problems or, or, you know, blood related problems right after being around somebody that did it, even though they did it. It is therefore important, the study goes on to say, to review the state of knowledge of the possible excretion of vaccine nanoparticles, as well as the mRNA and its product, the spike protein. Remember, we just talked about this and how these things have gone long, way longer than they said, continuing to make the spike protein according to peer-reviewed science. Vaccine mRNA-carrying lipid nanoparticles spread after injection throughout the body, which is something they deny, according to available animal studies, and vaccine RNA is found in the bloodstream as well as the vaccine spike in free form or encapsulated in exosomes. All this is problematic. Lipid nanoparticles, or their natural equivalent, have been shown to be, and that's the extracellular vesicles, or exosomes, have been shown to be able to excrete through body fluids, sweat. That's exactly what Dr. Warren said. This is a no-brainer, guys. Obviously, the spike protein can shed. I did entire studies on, or shows on this. I think I might have even brought it up. Yeah, I've got all the, the shedding, all these links right here. Every one of these are talking about this point. 
to the point is they're going, yes, we've done previous studies on exactly this kind of stuff, lipid nanoparticles, and we've shown that it very clearly can excrete through the bloody bodily fluids, breast milk, sweat, and to pass the transplacental barrier. So the baby, so the in, the the infants in the or the you know the the young growing babies, <laughs> blank the word. These EVs are also able to penetrate by inhalation and through the skin. We know this. I'll show you why in a moment. As well as orally through breast milk. And why not during sexual intercourse through semen as this has not been studied? It is urgent to enforce the legislation on gene therapy that applies to mRNA vaccines and to carry out studies on this subject while the generalization of mRNA vaccines is being considered. The point is they know this. This is why they've sidestepped the the, the gene therapy definition so they could sidestep the study that I think they were well aware was going to happen. Now, it's important to ask whether this was intentional or incidental. Because I know we've talked about the self-spreading vaccine concept, and is that exactly what this was meant to flesh out in one part, along with whatever technological nanoparticle level of this we're going to get to on top of that? It's a very important question. Well, here is an important part of this study. It says, studies prior to mRNA vaccines suggest that the EV excretion or the lipid nanoparticle is possible through saliva, sweat, and breast milk, which we just pointed out, but that's in the conclusion of this study. Now, you should read this entire thing because it's very damning. Possible reinterpretation of a study may support vaccine shedding. Talking about all this stuff is very clear. Now, to make it also very clear, let's make sure we understand this is the UK document about the same studies, specifically Pfizer. It says no absorption studies were conducted for COVID-19 mRNA vaccine, Pfizer's injection, since the root route of administration is intramuscular. So again, they're pretending that because we do this and therefore because it doesn't go in the blood, even though we know it does, that therefore we don't have to test whether or not it ends up going around the body and excreting from your sweat and your breast milk and everything else. This is the game they're playing even as it's being proven. Now, here is the study. Judicial Watch is one of the ways this came out. This is the pharmacokinetic study where it's been, this is this came out, uh, I believe it was 2021, January 2021. And we all talked about it and it got shuttled away. Maybe didn't talk about it, of course. What it shows you is the total lipid concentration. So there's no way to pretend that if you end up with a wildly high concentration in your spleen, let's say, after 48 hours, that this, you can't pretend this doesn't go all throughout your body. Now, this is where this comes back into play, the part we just talked about. We therefore expect these particles to retain their ability to induce spike protein expression. Okay, so the point is if we know that this is the, the, the peer-reviewed science, shouldn't say no, the peer-reviewed science is finding that 15 days at least the mRNA is still circulating and still able to produce spike protein. And their own study from Pfizer's own documentation finds that they found lipid nanoparticle concentration, which still can can clearly produce the the instructions, which there can produce the spike protein in the spleen. And literally, look look at the study. It's everywhere. The the high concentrations are the problem because it's wildly dangerous. The spleen, your ovaries, big surprise. I mean, look at the general concentration, 0.4, 0.8, 0.5, and then you got 23.4 in the spleen. That's so incredibly dangerous 12.3 in the ovaries but in general everywhere small intestines stomach uterus thyroid thyme everything and up here as well injection site 165 all right so we're not going to pretend like that that's all it is right except here in the liver 24.3 these are dangerous guys and this just got disputed and dismissed 
So their own study finds that the lipid nanoparticle concentration is gigantically over the top all throughout your body and specifically in very problematic areas. And they didn't test for it because, well, it's not going to happen. We know that, even though it literally is happening. They still do that. That's the game they're still playing. And all of this leads to the reality that this is not only dangerous, not only continuing to spread, not only going wildly out of control, but that it is clearly being passed to other people in all these forms based on the science. Now, here is what the study going all the way back to Pfizer's documentation again. And this is specifically the one we keep pointing out that they dismiss. And this, the reason this is in there is exactly what we just read, because previous studies using lipid nanoparticles found that it absolutely could, as well as gene therapy in general, is finding there's plenty of ways that it can excrete and pass. And and they just, that's why they didn't call it gene therapy. And that's why they pretend that this isn't happening, even though their own studies find it literally is. And this is what it says. You remember this. Thank you in the, the community in general for helping me. I want to, at this note in general, I want to give a big shout out to my Discord community for always being there to help find documents that I can't dig up. And a big shout out to, pe- to everyone supporting in general. Orwell Huxley in the chat, Doom in general, every, every, all of my mods, always sending me fantastic things that I don't give them credit for enough. So thank you guys. 8351, exposure during pregnancy. Now, EDP, exposure during pregnancy or breastfeeding. We literally just showed you examples of that. And yet, we're, they're being disputed. I mean, think how ridiculous it is. Now, it says exposure during pregnancy. In e, exposure during pregnancy, EDP occurs if a female participant is found to be pregnant while receiving the study intervention. Right. The, the, again, don't forget, they did not test on pregnant people. That's why they don't even know if it's safe. So that's also very clear. So if, it even, if we accidentally find someone pregnant, that's a problem. But it gets more important when it talks about the way this could shed. A male participant who is receiving or has discontinued study intervention exposes a female partner at the time of conception. Now, how exactly does that even make? How do you expose them? Explain that to me. I mean, are we talking having sex, right? Or are we talking shedding? How else can we? How either way? How does that make sense? They're very clearly saying it. At least it's possible and we're on the lookout for whether you could pass this to somebody else and yet at this time it was like fake news ridiculous and by the way we have already seen verifiable examples of this happening and dr warren's admitted that it can and so on and so on and everything we already talked about a female is found to be pregnant while being exposed or having been exposed to the study intervention you know the injection due to environmental exposure you know what that means guys They know what that means. That means that somehow these things have shed into the environment and then you've picked them up. Here are below examples of what they mean by environmental exposure. A female family member or health care provider reports that she is pregnant after having been exposed to the study intervention by inhalation or skin contact. Like, you don't just write these things down for everything under the sun. You don't, you're not testing a vitamin D sample and you write these things just because that's the way they try to play this. That's just boilerplate. It's not. And there's plenty of experts that have spoke up on this. The reason this is included is because of what they know these previous components have been capable of, including gene therapy in general. So what they did is they wrote this down. It is generally boilerplate in the context of gene therapy and lipid nanoparticles, which means it's possible. And that's why they're on the lookout for it. Now, you could argue that it didn't happen. But I think we're going to we've already proven and proving more as we go forward that it has and it can. So all we're proving is that they knew it was possible. And that's why they were on the lookout for it. A male fam- family member or healthcare provider who has been exposed to the study intervention by inhalation or skin contact 
who then himself exposes his family member partner. So the guys, this is a self-spreading concept. That's just, I mean, I don't know how, whether or not you want to call it that or whether or not they intended that. That's exactly what this is for multiple reasons. One, first of all, is that we know the spike protein, according to the Salk Institute, in and of itself can cause disease. This whole study proved the spike protein alone was enough to cause disease, which means it can then pass to somebody, they can catch it, and it causes symptoms, and then they can spread it again. What is that if not something spreading? That's, and, it is, and obviously, that's not the same thing as whatever we're calling COVID. It's only one component of it. So what is that? I think we know what that is, whether it was by accident or not. It's exactly what they've already discussed being the future of where we're going. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. How- it's what, that doesn't sound like something we all know, does it? Right? Apparently, self-spreading vaccines from human to human are making its way through the regulatory process right now. You know, you realize this was posted in 2021, right? So where is all that? Where's the discussion? Where's the studies? Where's the who's involved with that? I think it's pretty obvious why we don't know. I want to play this one part again just to see, just to see how they're showing this. And they the image they show is of is a pregnant woman. And don't miss the convert the point so casually that you know, then we don't even need informed consent anymore. How perfect is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine. Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. However, do we really want to intentionally disperse these modified viruses outside the lab? Is this a forward march of science or a mistake? Join our live event. Yep. And they found that it was the right thing to do. <laughs> Not even making that up. The point is that they, they continue to do these things. And this doesn't get much publication or much discussion. But Johns Hopkins themselves have come out with the study talking about human to human transmission, specifically self-spreading vaccines. All of this during COVID. If you even mention the concept, the Twitterverse thinks you're a wild, ridiculous conspiracy, which who cares? The point is, though, the people who are blind to this have been taught to reflexively dismiss this. So it's obvious this is there. It's obvious. And based on everything else we're seeing and all the science and all the things we're finding in the real observation, otherwise, it's clearly happening, whether by accident or not. Now, here is a bunch of them. Like, here's just one I'll grab so you can see it. This is just a search under shedding. Please, as always, always point out, guys, if you want to come to the site in general and just hit the search bar, the little magnifying glass, and search anything, you will find this site a treasure trove going back a decade of a lot of good information a lot of which was reposted from other great websites before we predominantly became our own independent content you know like activist post and the free thought project and places from that have been going strong a long time so just jump in and search even totally outside covid stuff outside foreign policy the most crazy things you could think of i bet you we've covered it just want to throw i always want to shout that out now there's a lot of things a lot of links here to look at but, you know, you can just the point is that this, the, the reality of COVID vaccine shedding and all the science and study, this is where you'll find the Luigi Warren tweet and everything else in here. Let me just grab it real quick and see. 
yeah, ah, there it is right there. <laughs> look at that. Well, we'll keep this up for you guys to look at. I didn't think I would find it so fast. This is actually Andy Swan sharing this. There's, oh, you know what? There was even a study or an article. And I said, well, now, now, well, too late. Now I already did it. <laughs> I always do that. And then I don't plan to waste time trying to be efficient. Here's the tweet that he shared. And then the, I might as well grab it since we did this. And here is the article that I thought was important to go along with this that makes that point very clear. Here, here is the tweet that was removed by Twitter, but then reinstated because they realized how dumb it was to censor the expert on this topic. But he goes, I believe the shedding idea is that the vaccinated shed spike protein, not virus. And then he goes on to say, but not enough to make people sick. But then we now know that it's not just one time and it goes to the blood. It makes many of them. So it continues to shed, which would obviously be potentially problematic. Here was the India Today article saying that they censored him, but then brought him back. Obviously, it can shed. How interesting is that, right? Because this is exactly what they're claiming isn't happening. So if the spike protein can shed, if the mRNA can shed, if the lipid nanoparticles are finding their way into every part of your body with the ability to make these continually, I mean, this is exactly what they want you to think it's not. Now, is that intentional or is that a byproduct of something they're doing to test on you? That is a question of the year or of the, of the, of the decade. Because I think what we can see is that regardless of what's happening and what this is doing to your body and all the people that are being altered, maimed, and killed by this exact thing, it doesn't matter. This is the future. Every single one of these people are in absolute lockstep that this is everything under the sun you've ever been promised and it will save everything you ever wished for. It's, it's the most childlike, anything you could possibly imagine this will save. I mean, it's, I can't even think of the most absurd way to frame it. Why in the world we would think that something that has failed so catastrophically, you see, that's the point. They keep pretending it hasn't failed. Why would we think something that's failed so visibly and so catastrophically would be the answer to every other problem going forward? Because this was planned long before we got here. And we've all known that. We've made this clear. And you could argue that it was nefarious or you could argue it was just because they were trying to aim in this direction. But they clearly, specifically biotech, specifically Pfizer, and everyone involved in this were failing, well, not Pfizer failing, but in the sense of biotech, were failing. Moderna in the direction of specifically mRNA platforms were failing until they were all saved by the pandemic. And the point was that how does that even make sense that they would simultaneously succeed in doing the same thing during all of this when they hadn't, when they failed repeatedly all the way until this point. Well, the point is that they continued to increase the lipid nanoparticle concentration. That is what they'll tell you they did to succeed. Except historically, that was the same way they continued to fail. Because when they re- increased the lipid nanoparticle concentration, so too did the extreme side effects. It's easy to look up. So I ask this every time. What's different now? Apparently nothing as we watch the extreme side effects rip people's lives apart. It's just amazing to me that we can, the argument of how they did it was the same thing they kept doing to fail. And the same problem they said that they kept having is exactly what's happening in the world today. So I just, it's almost impossible to miss for something they tried to do. But here we are, the future of mRNA technology. And the reason these guys succeeded, by the way, was because of massive funding from governments and people like the Gates Foundation and like, because apparently they thought it was a smart move to invest in a failing company that has been failing for 20 years. Yeah, that makes sense. But as it says, co-founder of Biotech, whose COVID vaccine changed the course of the pandemic, yeah, for the worst, clearly, the pandemic is the injection, they consider the development of a universal coronavirus vaccine. Okay, this is being written on January 4th, 2023. 
a universal coronavirus vaccine. This is everything they're doing right now, including all of them eventually converging into one thing you can take for everything. That is actually what they're selling. And the other infectious diseases that will be targeted by mRNA jabs, everything under the sun. On top of even more alarming stuff, the immunologist explains how mRNA technology can treat illnesses like cancers and his expectations for technology in 2023. They get into not just diseases. They talk about genetic changes, you know, manipulating your body and stuff, because that's totally not what these are, but we're going to do it both at the same time using the same technology because they're not the same thing. <laughs> totally bought that, right? I mean, they're literally using gene therapy to attack these things and then using that same gene therapy to conduct gene therapy and acting like we're too stupid to understand that they're the same thing. This is everything they're doing right now under the sun. RNA and nanocarriers, a.k.a. lipid nanoparticles, being one of which is under the category of nanocarriers, next generation drug and delivery platform takes center stage. I can't stress this enough. While we watched this completely destroy people's lives, and still is, they're standing on that collapsed argument and jumping into that direction. I, I can't even believe anybody would think this is the right direction to go in. January 4, 2023. The natural choice for many. Was to start with a liposome, a small protocell like structure that could be easily assembled in laboratory and house RNA within it. Now, don't forget the conversation we've had, which we're going to end with in regard to Charles Lieber and the lipid nanoparticle success discovery, which was completely in 2011, which was the success in how they figured out how to do these things, which clearly overlap with the Neuralink direction of Elon Musk today. And that's the same guy that is shuttled away in the beginning of all this and is now in some weird shadowy investigation, I guess, about China. And I'll get to it in a minute. But the point is the lipid nanoparticle is clearly a huge part of all this. And we're finding that that is exactly what is seemingly one of the biggest problems in all of this, or maybe the way that they found a way to make sure this would spread. I, I, I'm, I don't want to guess too much today, hypothesize, but I can't stop seeing the connected points to all of this. So again, the natural choice was to do what Charles Lieber discovered all the way back in 2011. That's what this is about, which was use lipid nanoparticles to make sure that the RNA could and find its way inside your cells. It would still take over a decade of lipid, of lipid library designs and lipid and RNA chemical advancements to achieve the safety and biodegradability needed for patient use. Or not. <laughs> or that's what they said, and it's still killing people, which is what's happening. As, soon, as would soon become a household term, the nanocarrier formulations of Moderna and Pfizer's vaccines were capable of packaging a, the large size of mRNA, or mod RNA, which is what it is, into a lipid nanoparticle at scale. So this is the future. So they're I just to make, I was just making it clear. They're literally talking about the things killing people right now as the future. The center stage of all medicine. That's what they're selling you right now. Talk about alarming. Just to show you, this is all over the map, though. Moderna, personalized. They're making personalized mRNA cancer vaccines. That they're saying are effective. Yeah, but how well did the old ones that they said were effective work out, Right. 99% effective, except not at all now, right? It's just why we take them at face value is beyond me. So all the way back in July, probably a little before this, they were already floating the idea of specifically targeting simultaneously flu, COVID, and RSV. Which is just silly seeing as how these things ebb and flow and they're like, it, it, I'll make that point right now. But July 8th, 2021, already trying to target all three of these things, right? We're already in 2023, just so we're on the same page. Moderna hopes to market combined COVID and flu booster in 2023. Now, this one is discussed in January 2022. 
but it also worked against RSV. I mean, why? I don't even know why. There's. It just seems like this is all a big experiment, which is I think is pretty obvious. Moderna is banking on a combined COVID flu and RSV vaccine. Will it work? November 12th. So all the way at the end of 2022, a year after that first discussion, or actually a year and a half. And they're, what it's saying is controversial decision to promote the shot before the trials raises concern. Yeah, you don't say. So what that is, is putting the cart horse before the, or the cart before the horse. You're literally going, yay, this new thing is going to change the world. We haven't even tested it yet. Why? Because I don't think they even care. I don't think, let me look at what just went down with the Pfizer test and the Moderna test and, or lack thereof, or the bivalent that they literally didn't test on people. The point is, they already know the way this is working. Well, we declare an emergency and we rush these things out without even doing the proper testing. So they're like, well, let's do it again. It's coming. And people are going, well, how are you going to promote this before you even tested it? Because that's the new world we're in. Moderna's developing a three-in-one vaccine against COVID, flu, and RSV. Probably all the same thing. The vaccine manufacturer is actively promoting the shot and hoping for regulatory approval the next year. But without solid safety and efficacy data from clinical trials, it may never come to fruition. Well, didn't, that didn't seem to stop Pfizer and Moderna and everything else. Oh, and let's not just quick, just point out, don't let's not forget that the nasal flu shot literally causes strep A in some cases, which is what they're saying is a, also an outbreak. We know that the specifically COVID-19 shots have listed in the documentation an increased risk of RSV. But who cares about any of that stuff? Just give them a new shot to solve it all, right? But here's the important thing on this which is overall the real discussion right now about this actual trial is seemingly very difficult to find. Now, why would that be? Wouldn't you argue there should be something that they're shouting from the rooftops? Well, I I was actually quite difficult to find anything actually discussing the trial for this to be trialed in what at Queensland university. But of course you can't read the article because it's blocked, but then you look for that and you like, I could find anywhere. I find it very interesting that this is not something that they would be shouting about. I think that says a lot because it's happening right now. They're testing this right now. And to make this even more clear, here is a video from Australia. The only thing that someone, thank you. I forget who sent this to me again with the, with the new check mark, which is for all corporate media, which is the gold check mark, which we don't have. So we're all getting duped yet again. Is that the, this is the only video I was, I found about the tri injection, the trivalent injection and how alarming this is. Watching what this has been doing to people. The bivalent, just as Gert Vandenbosch made clear, exponentially made their problems worse. And now they're going to do it with different things. Based on the same technology and claim that it's safe and effective. How much you want to bet we see the same emergency authorization? That would blow my mind, but I wouldn't surprise me. Australia is putting a world-first vaccine to the test. Human trials getting underway for a three-in-one jab to protect against common and deadly respiratory illnesses. The super shot could save time and money. Now, which one's deadly exactly? None of them, apparently. (laughs) Any of them can be, but none of them are in the sense that we usually use the word deadly. Of course, they're referring to COVID-19, but that's clearly not the case. As well as pressure on our health system. Combating a triple threat with one single jab. Now, let's not forget that they've been pushing this tri-threat for six, seven months now. And so right when they finally get it out, how much you want to bet it won't even matter. It won't even mean anything anymore. They'll just argue, well, it works anyway. It's a universal. That's where this is going. Because by the time this gets done, as I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Hold on, let's finish Go to this. the doctor and get one 
um, vaccine that essentially covers you for influenza, COVID and RSV, as opposed to going back several times in that same year, that would be helpful. And it could be closer than we think. The University of the Sunshine Coast starting clinical trials of a new Moderna vaccine. So the aim of Moderna. Yeah, you didn't see that coming, did you? Of course it's Moderna. Of course it's Pfizer. Both of them completely immersed in all of this. And again, find, I mean, it's you'll probably somebody you can probably find it. But I, I, I took, I could not find the actual trial. I couldn't find anything other than that one article that was blocked. Seems pretty strange, doesn't it? If these are being done in the real time, which, by the way, let's not forget that even the trials in their so-called controlled setting, as Brooke Jackson made very clear in her in her whistleblowing, aren't very controlled. And in examples of even BSL four labs, in let's say, for instance, Fort Detrick. There's examples of people bringing things out on their shoe. I mean, that's a real story. So the point is when they're testing these things on people, and, and I'm going to show you in a minute that there's multiple tests of tens of thousands of people going on for all sorts of different universal vaccines right now. What is that going to do? Does that spread? Does it shed? I mean, who knows if that's exactly what is in and of itself spurring the very problems we're seeing right now. This trial really is to see whether a combination vaccine that includes all three would be as tolerable as giving someone um, each inv- um, vaccine separately. <laughs> you have got to love that. Tell me you picked up on that. As tolerable. So we're not talking about safe and effective. We're not even talking about, you know, as tall. So as long as you don't die, then it's good then, right? It's as tolerable as you, you can, you know, it's you'll be in bed for three weeks, and but it's as tolerable like the terminology from that, like it's why they no longer talk like in the context of all these things. They only talk about transmission now. They don't even talk about whether people are dying from it anymore because they, they can't so they just go. It's way more transmissible. It's just so transparent how these people, I, these people know that they're lying to you. I just don't even know how they can not be aware because they're clearly pulling punches and changing their language to make it fit a certain way. Very interesting. So it's as tolerable, right? So as long as you don't die, we'll call it a success. COVID, RSV and influenza, a triple barrel shot posing a major shakeup to Australia's annual vaccine rollout while helping to ease the burden on an overloaded system. One visit, one vaccination, possibly a booster. Um, as... As opposed to potentially three visits, three boosters, and I just think that will take a big load off our current health system. It can take several years to collate enough data. before the vaccine can be rolled out safely. Researchers here are now looking to expand their pool of participants and are calling for more volunteers. We're looking for people who are generally in good health between 50 and 75 and they can be male or female. I'm quite proud to say that in the years to come, if this vaccine is developed, that I paid a tiny, tiny part in its development. Bridget O'Brien, Nine News. Wild, I mean, you know, it's it's just so ridiculous how 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 can they pretend? You know, so the boosters clearly the plan, right? That's clearly the the way this is. It's getting the boosters and going forward. And what what I was saying there is that ultimately, 
you know, you're, so what? You're just like the sacrificial tool for for the to save the NHS or whatever, right? I mean, like it's just like the, how the how we ever got there, where your mindset is to let your body be the experiment to save everybody. Else. Like that's not even how that's actually working. You're so played if you think you're experimenting on your body is helping anybody other than the government and the pharmaceutical companies. But here is the point about pushing in a tribe. RSV recedes. They claim flu peaks as new COVID variants. You because the point is COVID's not, it's they, they, whatever they're saying is COVID. It's more transmissible, but nobody's dying. Hospitalizations are predominantly almost aggressively on the vaccinated side. And now flu's back all of a sudden. It's very, what do you know? It stopped being conflated with COVID. RSV recedes. Okay. So the point is they're, they're jumping into the next narrative and making injections as fast as possible to meet a need that's not going to be there by the time they're done. Just like the bivalent garbage. And guess what? They're still going to justify pushing it on you anyway. This It's just I, people aren't buying this anymore. But here's the point about Moderna provides an update. So this is as January 9th. So clearly at this time, they've got this trial underway. I don't see that listed in here. Why is this being weirdly suppressed despite the fact that it's obviously happening? Like this is underway. You can see you can see it written about in this. You can see it in this article: triple threat COVID flu virus vaccine to be trial. It is happening, and yet it's not listed in their big document release. Like something about this is very strange. January 9th, twenty twenty three. Now just realize, look at all the things they're doing right now, before they even get to this next trial, COVID nineteen vaccines. They are they're they're already they're still obviously investing heavily in this future. They have sp- on top of the try whatever they're doing. They've got specific RSV vaccines that they're working on or injections three different efficacy studies with 36,000 people like so just what happens there are they going to leave and then come? like my point is we're supposed to pretend like that's not possible they can't spread that they can't re- that won't affect the population well yeah in history it very clearly can it very clearly can i'm not saying i know for sure but why wouldn't we ask that? So you've got three simultaneous RSV studies, 36,000 people. You've got multiple flu studies going on with 6,000 people there. Uh, there was a bunch of 22,000 people here. All these different f- multiple flu studies all happening simultaneously, which means these studies are giving people injections and then seeing what happens. RSV, COVID-19, influenza, you got personalized weird mRNA cancer. These are all mRNA, by the way, all of them. Cancer vaccine injection, cancer injections with Moderna and Merck. Great. MRNA 4157 to, uh, where was it? Oh, that doesn't show the number, but a, a big, a gigantic, this is a big study for the cancer. And the, that's the one we were pointing out back here. This gigantic personalized MRNA injection shot discussion. Then we've got whatever this is, cytomegalovirus vaccine, where they've got another big study being tested in Japan. R&D, strategic collaborations. They've got all these different things going on. And this one, there was stuff in here as well, actually. There was something. Anyway, the point is, all these are being conducted right now. Now, if we're worried about what mRNA itself is doing to people's blood in the population, that it can stay, that it can shed, I mean, this is just pumping this stuff into the population in ways we don't even understand right now. This might as well be like glyphosate at this point. They're probably just trying to immerse the world to the point to where it doesn't matter anymore. Glyphosate is literally everywhere. It's in the air you're breathing, the clothes you're wearing, and the water you're drinking. And it's not something you can make up. It's easily proven. Or not something I'm making up. It's been shown to be damn near ubiquitous because of how much it's used and it doesn't, and it, and it builds. I mean, there's studies showing it's in the cotton used for your clothes, in the water you're drinking. I mean, it's literally everywhere. The one I often reference is in the UK. They did a study with Parliament. 
to see who had it in their urine. Every single one of them tested positive for glyphosate in their urine. It's found in, in organic wines in, in, in Napa Valley. It's found in craft beers in Germany. Or God, glyphosate is everywhere. Who God only knows what that has already done to us. I mean, we do know, but what else we don't know? My point is, that's where this seems to be going. In a very alarming way, this seems to be going so fast that it's to the point to where it doesn't even matter anymore. And it's not just these companies either. Here's a really alarming one that was shared with me. Chimerion Bio. Just one another. There's so many of these out there. This is just one that stood out as an alarming example. Combining our first-in-class platform, same thing, and the science of synthetic genomics to transform RNA therapy. It's all the same stuff, guys. This is the same direction, and this stuff is quite alarming. Chimerion Bio is building a portfolio of self-amplifying RNA therapeutics, which, by the way, I argue is exactly what these already are. SAM, S-A-M, injections, which, by the way, what Pfizer was listed as when it first came out, a self-amplifying RNA, which, by the way, seems to suggest why it continues to make these things. While it doesn't just pump out one in your shoulder muscle, but it continues to make spike protein. Maybe that's exactly what it's supposed to do, guys. The self-amplifying is, is one step behind the self-spreading. Not in the sense that it's that like, I mean, not in the technological sense. Because they, well, what's interesting, by the way, is that self-amplifying was the first thing, apparently, they discovered in this whole field. And instead went in this first, I just, none of this makes sense. I feel like we're being gamed from the moment they figured what this is, figured out what the, this could be used for bring more effective gene therapies and personalized medicines. Right. Okay. So what we're talking about, personalized medicines like this, like personalized mRNA cancer vaccines. Okay. So how are we pretending this isn't gene therapy? It's literally effective gene therapies. That's what it is, guys. It's what they're now calling it because it always was. It's what they admitted to. The game is to not let you think that because then they'd have to test to show that it can excrete and shed from your body like we know it can. This is another platform they're talking about. And it leverages specifically Chimera. And again, this, this means basically that it, uh, a, oh, the Greek, Greek mythology is a fire-breathing female monster with lion's head and different body parts. The point is it's kind of a, an evolving thing that can change forms. In it's a, a Chimera-encased self-amplifying RNA, S-A-R-N-A, to achieve superior expression and broader dynamic range compared to other leading messenger RNA technologies. This stuff's scary to me, the way this is going. Now, just in case you wanted to see what I'm seeing, here's the people involved as at the scientific advisory board level. Dr. Anthony, Tony, however you say that. Well, he's helped build several multi-billion dollar companies, including Moderna. <laughs> Ridiculous overlap right out of the gate. Okay, so somebody involved with this is well aware, and you'll see his face throughout this whole thing. Dr. Jonathan Smith. John's was the form, John was the former chief of the Department of Virology for none other than U.S. AMRID. United States Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases. Yeah, that's fantastic. Executive VP and Chief Scientific Officer at Paxvax, Inc. We'll show you that next. Most recently, this guy, Dr. Robert Willett, PhD, most recently serving as the Vice President, Head of Senior Fellow at GlaxoSmithKline. Specifically, guess what? Their Heart Failure and Renal Discovery Performance Unit. Great. So maybe they know this is like, so why would like the idea that on your advisory board, you're one of your three primary individuals is somebody who focuses on heart failure. What does that tell you? I think they're well aware of whatever these things are doing, maybe by design, maybe by byproduct, who knows they're dealing with it. They're not telling you that, 
But as they step forward screaming that you're wrong, they're clearly giving defibrillators and making new medicines and telling you everything else is causing heart attacks and bringing people on their boards that deal with heart attacks. Clearly, it's obvious what they're aware of, in my opinion. Here is Paxvax. Guess who acquired Paxvax? None other than Emergent Biosolutions. You should remember that group because they acquired them in 2001. Specialty vaccine company, Paxvax. You remember them? Emergent Biosolutions that Whitney wrote about? A killer enterprise. How one of Big Pharma's most corrupt companies plans to corner the COVID-19 cure market. Yeah, you didn't hear much about them during this process. They didn't go away. The point is, this is something that ties back to 2001, anthrax scares, even 9-11. These groups were involved with all the scams from before. This guy specifically, Howard, I believe, ties directly back to 9-11 itself. All of this stuff is connected. And now I think the pieces are just being clearly falling into place even more. So the point was this guy specifically what is, is the executive and chief scientific officer at PaxFax. So he's working for Emergent Biosolutions on the new direction for your new injections. And specifically, Triumph Bio has a point about, oh, and they, they have this thing called Chizer Particle. The development of this special thing that they've trademarked. And I'll show you what this is. Or wherever that was. Is it right here? Yeah, right here. Uh, has developed a novel nanoparticle technology. So nanotechnology. Shocking, I know. Called Chizer. Chimera encased self-amplifying RNA. Yes, this is what they're going to be using right now and working forward toward your injections that harness the properties of specifically self-amplifying RNA and synthetic genomics to engineer novel RNA drugs. Right? You may think you may be mistaken, you may be forgiven for thinking they mean in a lab somewhere. No, 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 no. They mean inside your body. Don't forget that. Wall Street and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea. And what essentially it is is trying to hack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug factories. And that's like the most benign part of all this, and that's not the right word to use, but that's the lower end of the most alarming things on this scale, right? The drug production, I don't, I don't even think that, I think that is a lower level agenda on all of this. I think the nanotechnology overlap with the bigger thing, I think that's the biggest point. But this is what they're working on right now. This is the future. They're all telling you that. Unique particles let us encase and protect the mRNA and deliver to various tissues. Yeah, that's what's already happening. Except they're just pretending that's not really what's happening. <laughs> right? Okay, so this is the, the, the particle we're talking about. But guess what else is being used on? You guessed it. Well, just so you can see up here, cancer, infectious diseases, rare diseases, dual gene therapy. Great. So the point is, it's gene therapy when they want to call it gene therapy, but then it's totally not gene therapy when they don't want to call it gene therapy. See how that works? You understand, all of this is the same technology. So how exactly can this be dual gene therapy and this one's not at all? Because you're a conspiracy theorist, stupid, so shut up. That's why. Okay, so oncology, CB101. CB101 is an off-the-shelf personalized RNA drug designed to engage the immune system. Great, great. So why would they? I mean, God, you just you guys know exactly where that... So whether this is about dealing with the immune problems or specifically dealing with the cancers being caused by the lymphocytopenia being created by the injections, you know, the, the dysregulation of your immune system or under a guise of fighting cancer or however this is being played. This is unbelievable to me. Rare diseases. We are investigating exactly the thing we just discussed. The Schizer. That's funny. Schizer. Yeah, that's what it sounds. That's how you read. Like, like the, anyway, RNA therapy for gene and metabolic disorders of the liver. 
Oh, that's interesting too, right? Of the liver. Where did we just talk about the liver? That's right. Over here, where we found the concentration of the, well, where is it? Wherever I had that. <laughs> uh, dang it. Hold on. I want. I have to find it since I brought it up. There it is. The liver being one of the most obvious concentrations of lipid nanoparticles. That seems a little bit interesting, doesn't it? So that just so happens to be exactly where this is being focused on. I find that quite interesting. Investigating how this exact weird chimeric changing. I mean, it's exactly what we literally just talked about. The chimera in case self-amplifying RNA. And specifically for gene and metabolic disorders of the liver. <laughs> okay, so we've knocked out dysregulation of the immune system, lymphocytopenia being caused by the vaccines. We're talking about the liver problems, which are being caused. Like even specifically the most obvious uh, um, transcription is in the liver cell line. I, I find hard hard to miss this stuff. And most importantly, vaccines or rather injections, COVID-19. And guess what's included in the COVID-19 one? Our Schizer technology is uniquely positioned to address the immediate needs to develop the vaccine for SARS-CoV-2. But it's not gene therapy, you complete lunatic. This is the same thing, but it's gene therapy only when used for cancer. Got it? Chimerian Bio is committed to bringing a potent vaccine, which can be made available to vaccine vaccine to vaccinate people worldwide against this deadly virus, because it's still clearly deadly, right? Click to see the press release. That's what I was looking at before. I mean, I, this, is, this is just blatantly alarming to me. And here's the press release. Guess when that came out? March 17th, 2020. Let that sink in. Like, really understand how alarming it is for them to have released this concept in 2020 before we barely even knew what was happening. And this is now the future direction of everything. I mean, come on, guys. If we can't see the writing on the wall here, specifically Chimera and Bio launches vaccine program for COVID-19. And now that's the next step, even though this was launched in 2020 and it was based on everything else. I mean, I've made the points already. The self-amplifying being the very first thing. We're being led by the nose into the direction that they want to take us. And this is everywhere. Here's a science uh, study. A multivalent nucleoside modified mRNA vaccine against all known influenza virus subtypes. They're doing this for everything under the sun. And I meant that. Everything they, 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 they have gotten rid in their minds of the old, you know, the things that we actually had to test and study. And, you know, now they're just going to so give us a new code. We'll pump out something new. And we already told you it's safe because we told you. No new safety testing. That's the whole point of the platform. And I'll make that even more clear as we finish. This is ridiculous. And you can find it all the same groups and same entities in the same direction. It's the same game. And Rob Schneider shares with, by the way, again, I'd love to talk to you, Rob. If you're out there listening, I'd love to have you on the show. What are the chances something could go wrong with the food supply when Bill Gates wants to vaccinate an an all animals to give them better genetics? This is not a joke. This is happening real time, guys. You know what else is happening, which I, you probably didn't see if you didn't see this? Well, of course, they're going to approve. See, they, they don't approve vaccines for you. They only emergency authorize them because they want to test it. But they approve for the bees because, you know, the bees can't push back. The bees can't speak up and be like, you approve that? That's not safe and effective. Well, they don't care. The bees don't know any better. So they approve the world's first vaccine for honeybees. It's exactly what you think it is, guys. This is crazy. First of all, realizing the bee discussion has always been prominent. 
you know, going, going back to, I guess, the, the Albert Einstein quote about the time frame and the time, you know, there's so many years after they disappear, humans will go next. I, but I do believe that, you know, because of the pollinization and how this works, that this is an alarming reality. If this even remotely does what was just done to us, then we're in for a very, very dark future. But that's probably by design because then they can argue the things they've already got in line, which they've already talked about, such as genetically engineering bees, making them themselves. Even even discussions of like robot level things. All this has been floated. Doesn't that perfectly align with the great resale? Let's get rid of everything human, everything natural. And we'll make it all. We can control it all. This is the future. So to finish today, and it's not even remotely done in probably another 20, 30 minutes or so, that this is the part that I just went over. Actually, I should try to make it shorter because I've already gone over this many times. But I really wanted to encapsulate, tie this into the conversation today. We talked about this on the recent Pyrostream episode. But I really want you guys to see how this overlaps with what we just talked about. And for those that didn't see the pirate stream, which I hope you will, because I'm really enjoying those conversations, that this is the future, or rather, interestingly enough, the beginning of the COVID-19 conversation, but really was based on something that was done by Charles Lieber in 2011 that is currently the saving grace solution to why these things are working today. And then connect that with the Neuralink overlap and what the actual potential end game might be for why nanotechnology is being so aggressively pushed and gene therapy manipulations on the population before ever knowing if it's safe. And as well for those that want an update on what actually happened here, because I didn't know this until recently. So the judge has recently denied Charles Lieber's request for a new trial. For those that have known ultimately that the beginning of this, Charles Lieber was arrested in 2020, I believe for, I mean, the claim at the beginning was like straight up espionage and 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 smuggling and all these different big high level things in regard to bringing genetic material involved the people with him the chinese nationals that were literally got chi- they were caught with uh, genetic material in their sock from beth israel hospital to bring to china and he got arrested in all this and all they charged him with was lying about money he got from china which is very suspicious, seeing as how this guy, and the point I'm getting to, is still, and was at the time, the leading expert on the planet when it comes to nanotechnology. Specifically, the creator, the initiator of the lipid nanoparticle overlap to make this work, not just vaccination discussions, but specifically the neural link discussion, or how to make anything synthetic work with biology. And is that not the premise of the Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Neuralink direction, all of it? Is that not what maybe they're trying to accomplish with you right now? September 22nd, 2022, a federal judge on Thursday rejected Charles Lieber's request for a new trial. Another legal blow in battled research chemist who was convicted last year of lying to the government about his ties to the government, Chinese government, and the recruitment program called the Thousand uh, Lakes Program or something like that. I think it was in here, but it's not relevant to the point at the moment. Oh, there's right there. Thousand Talents Program. Lieber is now scheduled to be sentenced today, by the way. So if anybody knows what's happening, please let me know. Just over one year after a jury convicted him of all six felony charges brought by federal prosecutors. Lieber could receive up to 26 years in prison, $1.2 million in fines. He did not respond to comment. First, let's check this. September 2nd. Nope. Okay. Let's see if Charles Lieber... Shows up, and then we'll go forward. 
as of today. Doesn't say anything. Filed charges. That was 2021. Nope. Say, I mean, why would that pop up? It's a, oh, let me get rid of that, actually. Right? I mean, so today is when this is happening. This has been ongoing, and yet you don't see, look at that. There's literally nothing about Charles Lieber as of today. Let's just try Charles Lieber without the end. Of course. Well, that's taking forever. I, Brave has been driving me bananas lately, by the way. Let's see if it pops up. Point being, this should be important. At the very least, because of foreign policy. I mean, but look, there's literally nothing about what's going on with him right now. Isn't that strange? Just like the other thing. We're being controlled in a lot of different ways about all this stuff. In any case, yeah, see, it's all old stuff. Okay. So we talked about this on the 30th. The COVID jab, Lieber, Elon Musk overlap, and, and the DOD part. This is where we got into the DOD, essentially the running of the whole program, which, by the way, we've talked about a lot. Whitney and I talked about the very beginning, Operation Warp Speed. Now, there's I forget her name off the top of my head all of a sudden, but there's the girl that's been circulating, having great interviews about this, revealing this topic. Now, uh, Taylor Hudak has already set up an interview with her, so we're, that'll be coming soon, about the whole DOD overlap and whether the FDA even has the ability to stop this and so on. Quite frankly, I feel like we've already made that very clear, but this, what she's getting into is actually new stuff, and it is important. But it's kind of interesting that we didn't already know that that was essentially the way this was built from the very beginning. And that's why Emergent Biosolutions and, and, and Monsef Salawi and the whole Operation Warp Speed, part of this was really important. But this is where it gets interesting to me on how this overlap is important to everything we just discussed. So again, forgive me for those that have seen this already. Virus-sized transistors. Harvard Magazine. This is 2011. The development of biocompatible, so electro electronics com compatible with your human body, a transistor the size of a virus. Charles Lieber and his co colleagues used nanowires to create a transistor so small that it can be used to enter and probe cells without disrupting the intracellular machinery. Sounding familiar? Those nanoscale semiconductor switches could even be used to enable two-way communication with individual cells. Devising a biological interface, fourth industrial revolution, in which a nanoscale device can actually communicate with a living organism has been an explicit goal from the beginning, but has been tricky. So the point is, as, as obviously as this overlaps, get, even getting into the lipid part of it. Well, right there, blind. The fit fatty lipid part will come to. You can see that the very technology that's been used for the injection immediately and already overlaps with the concept of the Neuralink brain-machine interface. Because that's, that's the, been, as he says, the explicit goal from the beginning. So why then has it been used for the injection direction? Maybe because it works as well, or not works, but because it's the same. Who knows? My worry is that it's the same direction. That this has been the goal. Communicating with living, oh, dang it, with living organisms. <clears throat> Now, it says, when he finally engineered a tiny device and tried to insert it into a cell, he had no luck. But when his team coated that with a fatty lipid layer, lipid nanoparticle, the device was easily pulled into the cell via membrane fusion, a process related to one cell's use to engulf viruses and bacteria. Same stuff we're talking about here, guys. 
This innovation was important, Lieber explains, because it indicates, listen to this, that when a man-made structure is as small as a virus or bacteria, such as a virus-sized transistor, well, it can behave the way biological structures do. So as I always point out when I read this, one first thought you should have is, well, could that not be what we're dealing with right now? Could they not have been playing God and created something the size of a virus that then, when released into the world, ends up acting like a virus? Wouldn't that then act like a virus? Yes, exactly. So is it not possible this got used, released, accidentally let out? Yes, yes, and yes. So we need to consider that. And maybe the nanotechnology rushed overlap with this whole program thing is designed to interface with that, to stop that. I don't know, you see, because we don't have all the information. But these things matter. And I don't know why we don't see how concerning the picture is, or we do, but the average people aren't picking up on. Most importantly, again, and because a transistor also allows the application of a voltage pulse, such devices might one day provide a hybrid biological digital computation. Fourth Industrial Revolution, the merging of your biological, you know, the same Klaus thing we hear every time, or deep brain simulations for Parkinson's patients or serve as an interface for pro- 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 prosthetic that requires information processing. Who's been talking about that? Elon Musk with Neuralink. Right. So it's the same thing we're talking about. So my point is, if we see the overlap between the concept of the injections and the nanotechnology and using that to reach the brain machine interface, which is what they're still striving to achieve. Were we not the experiment to achieve that in one way? Certainly possible, especially today. I don't know why anybody would balk at that. On top of the idea of potentially trying to, you know, map the brain and the way it works to reach the singularity. These are all real things they're trying to achieve, which maybe that's what's happening right now. Now, I pointed this out in the last show that in 2015, after 2011, Charles Lieber, obviously, was discussing syringe injectable electronics. Look at that. Talking about the, oh, here's the actual study allow for continuous monitoring and manipulation of their properties. Our results show that electronic components can be injected into man-made and biological cavities, as well as dense gels and tissues. We've already talked about with Whitney Webb in the past, the, the, uh, the bio gels and the nanotechnology angle with that. And it says with over 90% device yield, meaning you can do this and we you know, get most of it working. The point is we're talking about using injectable Levels of technology he just discussed, which is exactly the same concept of lipid data particle inserting into cell technology we talked about with the injections and finding that you can do this for monitoring, manipulation, and it can be injected with basically you could find electronic components. And maybe that's one thing that's in there that we don't know about and use this to make it to inject into man-made biological cavities. I mean, it's very blatant in vivo multiplex neural recording in your body. Moreover, syringe injection enables the delivery of flexible electronics through a rigid shell, the delivery of large volume flexible electronics that can fit internal cavities, and co-injection of electronics that other materials into host structures upon opening up unique applications for flexible electronics. This was 2015. Why is that could that not be exactly what's happening and we just aren't told about the flexible electronics <clears throat> or the real agenda for what's happening? Yes. All hypothetical theorizing this seems like an alarming direction to me. And here's just one more addition also uh, involving uh, this one was, oh, no, no, this one, this is the compulsory. Mo- I forgot I included this. So the point overall was, let's just say hypothetically in 2019, all of this was happening. 
And the, the, the idea was to, how do we get these in people's bodies so we can reach the singularity, so we can map the human brain, so we can do all the things we're talking about? How do we get that done? Ever, nobody's, as the guy said himself, nobody's going to want to take a gene therapy product. How do we get them to do it? Maybe you don't have to get them to do it. Here's the argument for why you should do it without telling anybody. Compulsory, my moral bioenhancement should be covert. 2019, arguing that if moral bioenhancement ought to be compulsory, then its administration ought to be covert rather than overt. It's just crazy to me. It says it's morally preferable for compulsory moral bioenhancement to be administered without the recipients knowing that they are receiving the enhancement. My argument for this is that if moral bioenhancement ought to be compulsory, which they've already clearly decided, they're forcing everybody, then its administration is a matter of public health, which they've clearly argued, and for this reason should be governed by public health ethics. Which, who go, who God only knows what they think that means today, seeing as how the public health ethics are challenged every day. UNESCO makes that clear that they don't even listen to, you know, informed consent and being able to say no. It doesn't matter to them. It says the program better conforms, that he claims, to public health ethics than does an overt one. Why? Well, because a covert, so secret, forced program promotes liberty and equality better than an overt one does. Why? Because you're just too stupid to know it's good for you guys. This is the point. Moral bioenhancement. And now we're at the point today, this is three weeks ago, our brain implants the future. Well, they're not really asking the question. They've been seeding this idea for a really long time, and they're telling you this is the next step. And that should concern you. And how do they reach the brain implants? Well, maybe with what they're testing you with right now, which it overlaps. June 2021, here's Charles Lieber. Wait a minute, isn't he supposed to be in jail? Well, yeah. Apparently, we just got told that they're like, no, you can't even have a retrial. Today, he's being sentenced. But apparently, while he's doing that, he's working on some of the most important studies in overlapping with our future right now. How would the world you make sense of that? That's, the, that's like Epstein working on something for, I mean, think about how crazy that is. Nanowire-enabled bioelectrics, Charles Lieber. While apparently in jail, bioelectronics explores the use of electric devices for applications in signal transduction at their interfaces with biological systems. I mean, this is at the crux of the key, the point of everything we're talking about. The overlap of electronics with your body and acting like this is some broad study while they literally figured this out all the way back in 2011. Pretty interesting. Here's another one. 2022. Look at that. Last year, May 18th, Charles Lieber, scalable three-dimensional recording electrodes for probing biological tissues. Look at the names involved in this. So he's literally still working with Chinese counterparts while he's apparently in jail for working with Chinese counterparts. Does anyone buy that for a second? I mean, I'm genuinely asking, how in the world does that even remotely make sense? Unless we're being lied to. Finally, Charles Lieber, October 2022. I mean, this is recent. Tissue libraries enable rapid determination of conditions that preserve antibody labeling in cleared mouse and human tissue. Now, the one point that kind of stood out to me on this, not that they necessarily directly overlap, was the results from library of mouse tissue correlate well with results from a similarly prepared library of human brain tissue, suggesting that, you know, mouse tissue is an adequate substitute. Does that overlap with maybe eight mice is enough? We don't need anything else. Eight mice showed us all something to think about. You know, the old bio technological overlap. But just to finish off here, guys, and these are all just my thoughts, guys, just my thoughts, is the obvious overlap of everything Elon Musk and Klaus Schwab are doing. And maybe, just maybe, why they're positioning Elon Musk as somebody who's there to save the world with Twitter 
while he's ushering in the Great Reset with every possible thing he does. Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? If I yes. may ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm very, very pro-vaccination. Yeah. Right? We've, uh, it's, the science is unequivocal. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains, and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants. Just think of sensors planted into our brains. Basically implanted in your skull. So... Uh, but it would be so, uh, flush with your skull. So you basically uh, take out a chunk of skull, replace, put the neural link device in there. Um, you'd, you'd put the the electrode. You'd insert the electrode threads very carefully into the the brain. It doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing. It's a fusion of the physical, the digital and the biological world. That's really the essence of the fourth industrial revolution. A merger with biological intelligence and machine intelligence. An effort for man to merge with machine in yes. a healthy way. Yes. To beat machines, you basically have to merge with machines. Most likely, yes. As work is changing, is a universal basic income um, really a, a, a solution to, the, to this problem? I think ultimately we will have to have some kind of universal basic income. And I think some kind of a universal basic income is going to be necessary. Decarbonization of the economy. Where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. I mean, my top recommendation, honestly, would be just to have a carbon tax. This global reset is necessary. And I wasn't going to include this. I had this on the Twitter section I'm going to do in a future show, but I just thought this was an interesting inclusion here. Just for those that are still clinging to the idea, and you know what, it's certainly possible that he's doing all this for some larger reason, you know, doing because he, maybe he's playing them. I mean, who, I, I'm not saying I know for sure what's inside this person's mind, but CJ Hopkins put out a really great article that I hope you'll all read called The Mother of All Limited Hangouts. And you know exactly who he's talking about. The mother of all limited hangouts has begun. Yes, I'm talking about the COVID Twitter files, which are finally being released. And I mean, it says in almost textbook limited hangout fashion. If I mean, seriously, guys, if you haven't picked up on what a ridiculous limited hangout drip, 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 you don't get to see the full picture idea this is, then you don't want to, or you don't understand why it's not right. And I'll, I'll give you that pass because you've been manipulated like any other grouping of, for your whole life to convince you that these things are what they tell you. The screenshot's enough, you dummy. No, we've already seen examples of people like Joe Rogan just got... He shared a screenshot of a tweet and had to come back and go, nope, it was wrong. We are, I th even I fall trapped to that sometimes because you end up going, you know, you don't realize how casually it becomes acceptable to use things that you haven't proven. And that's why I call myself irritatingly objective because we have to be today because you are being gamed in every possible way right now. Here's another example of that in the direction of the vaccine and the injection overlap and even the mRNA overlap to everything we're talking about today. Tesla be manufacturing the COVID-19 vaccine. Elon was in Germany recently to visit Gigafactory Berlin and also check up on a Tesla project that might put an end to this pandemic bullshit. Elon met with biotech company CureVac, one of Tesla's business partners who are currently working on a COVID-19 vaccine candidate that is being funded by Bill Gates. Tesla is working with CureVac in an effort to build a new kind of vaccine printer that can manufacture molecules.
The new vaccine is being developed using Tesla's RNA printing technology, a new biotech advancement that Tesla and CureVac actually began working on last year. The original intent of the project was to eliminate more common influenza strains, but they rapidly switched their focus to COVID-19 in the wake of a global pandemic. Tesla filed a joint patent with CureVac on a possibly revolutionary bioreactor for RNA. So what is RNA? Well, it's a molecule found within all forms of cellular life, and it has been described as a sister molecule to DNA. CureVac has found a way to stabilize the molecule and have it deliver antibody responses to specific diseases into the body. If it passes human trials, Tesla's high-speed RNA printing tech would be used to rapidly manufacture this new vaccine. I don't know about you guys, but at this point, I'm starting to wonder if there's any problem Elon Musk can't solve. Hmm. Obviously, more promoting of it. Actually, I'm realizing right now, I've, I've played that in the past, and I, 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 for, I have the... I don't forget. I forget who that was, and I I, I want to make sure I get the credits. So I'll have to, I'll make sure and put that in the show notes. I forgot the. I grabbed that on my downloaded videos, and I remember we shouted out last time the link. But it it definitely it is CureVac with a C. VAC is the company. Cure C U R E V A C, and and they're they're. I mean, it's it's alarming to see how the overlap is. It's unreal, obvious that it's very clearly going in the same direction, in every possible way it's just alarming for people that if you don't want to see the overlap there at the best, you can argue that he is going to take it in a different direction or that he's playing them. I, I don't know, but I don't know why that wouldn't alarm everybody with everything we're seeing happen right now. Now, finally, as Bernie's tweets points out, and I'm going to get, I, again, I have the same kind of thing. I've got a whole segment I've been building and pushing off on the great reset and all this technological stuff, but you know, it's there. And Bernie's tweets is a great account to follow to keep up on this international vaccine passport. Because, by the way, before I even read this, I, uh, specifically, uh, Orwell gave me a whole bunch of uh, great stuff today on the WHO. Her and both Doom sent me something on uh, the whole, the, basically like the outline of like how to talk to you about vaccine problems by the WHO and the, and the or was it, I forget which one, WF, WHO. Either way, I will talk about those. Just showing you how clearly they're just planning all, like how to manipulate you into thinking things are okay. I mean, it's, it's just wild. And, the, and specifically the amendments and the, and the WHO treaty. It's all happening. It's happening right now, in fact. So we will get to that. This is what she's referencing in, in one part, that the, the international vaccine passport will be presented to the WHO in May 2023. Paragraph 23 means no one will be able to engage in international travel unless fully vaccinated, according to the standards set by organizations like the WHO and the G20. That's nothing if not global governance, which is now they're, what they're happily leaning into. And of course, this is now... Where's your sovereignty? If your country and your government or you are not making the, the deciding your own path or what you're able to do, it's not free movement. A China outbreak was handy, wasn't it? She says, and I agree with that. It's clearly being used despite how almost everything we saw coming out of China in the beginning of all this was later shown to be false. A lot of it anyway. And yet now we're the same old right-leaning influencers that are only out there to scream two-party illusion nonsense at you are happy to gobble it up. And China bad guy, China bad guy, look at what they're doing. We know it, we know it, look at that. And of course, some people that see through them are still going to go, but, but they're still saying the vax is bad. Yes, but they're lying about what they're doing or rather being subjective about what they're showing you. Whether they know that or not, they're hurting the truth. The point is we don't know. We should question all of it regardless of how it makes it look bad or not, because they're using the rising threat over there, just like we're starting the whole cycle back over again. And she points out here, 
Leaders have just signed a declaration which states that vaccine passports will be adopted to facilitate all international travel. This means any vaccination the WHO determines you should have. Any. Changing your rights and freedoms forever. Or rather, just not respecting the rights that you inherently have. Silence from the media because they don't care. And as always, Bernie's tweets, including the links, because she knows what she's doing. Because she's an intelligent person that knows the source material is paramount. Thank you, Bernie, for doing your outstanding work. By the way, we had an interview with her if you'd like to check that out. It's, it's on the, the Last American Vagabond. So really, guys, I just think, you know, obviously there's plenty of stuff in here that the normies out there would push back on as conspiracy theory when really we're just theorizing about how this stuff works. Valid questions based on peer-reviewed science, based on past actions, based on what they're currently doing. Just because they've been trained to think it's crazy, they go, ah, fake news crazy. I don't want to hear it. But I think we have to acknowledge, at least ask. You know, to me personally, just my personal, it feels to me like right now they're bringing to fruition in real life, right in front of us, the very same research that they reached in 2011. And except this time using your body to achieve it. It, it's just one one perspective in all of this, but I think the the data points we went over today, whether I reached the wrong conclusion or not, are damning in their own right. And I think people just need to see all of this to understand this goes a lot further than just the injections they're currently giving. And it, whether that is just more injections or something completely out the out of the scope of vaccination or injections in general, it's up to you to decide. But I think we can see that we are being played and people are being hurt. Thank God people are starting to see it. Thank you for helping me do that. Thank you for keeping continuing the fight. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What if the experts are wrong? What if quarantining the healthy doesn't actually save lives? What if wearing a mask in public is not effective. If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. My name is Dr. Jeff Barkey, and I'm here representing thousands of physicians across the country whose voices are being silenced because we don't agree with the mainstream media and the experts who are telling us what to do. Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. Never in the history of this great republic have we quarantined the healthy. Never in the history of this great republic have we told churchgoers that it's illegal for you to exercise your First Amendment right of freedom of religion? Never in the history of this country have we been told that you can't go to church because it's not essential, but you can go get an abortion because that's essential. Never before in our country have we let criminals out of jail, but we've told you you can't exercise your Second Amendment right and protect yourself by purchasing a firearm. When liquor stores are deemed essential, 
but your businesses are deemed non-essential, there's something wrong going on. We called people's utilities this week and made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lights on in the global health pandemic. But you don't care about that. You didn't want to meet. This booklet, the Declaration of Independence and our U.S. Constitution, was never designed to restrain the people. It was designed to restrain the government. We're realizing that the fatality rate of this virus is in the ballpark of a bad seasonal influenza. Do not let your voices be silenced. We will see eventually that this government-imposed cure is going to be worse than the virus itself. But what's happening now is unemployment reaches 20 to 30 million people is those folks are now becoming dependent on the government. And what government dependency causes is a larger, more tyrannical government. We the people want to put our government back in its place. We want a small representative government, not a large tyrannical government. I'm here representing thousands of physicians around the country whose voices must be heard. We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home. So you guys are asking me to leave the store for not wearing a mask when I have a medical condition, even though yours is pulled under your nose. A note that says I don't have to bring a note, and yours isn't even on. You just do whatever you want to do. It's America, right? Listen, I cannot wear a mask. Get out! Do not let your voices be silenced.